Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Pastor, where we look at movies, music, comics, and more from the perspective of faith. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Pastor. I'm your host, Chris Perry. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Star Wars. Luke. Luke. I'm here. Hey. Oh, hi, Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, my guest, my guest today is uh, coincidentally Luke Nance. Um, no relation to the other Luke. Uh, he is a, a minister in Texas, in Snyder, Texas, but uh, we were co-ministers in Cordell, Oklahoma, my, my previous uh, job where I worked. And so that's how we got to know each other and uh, got connected. And uh, as you'll hear, share a lot of pop culture interests. So, well, Luke, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your history with the church and in ministry. And then also, you know, kind of what, what were some of your first pop culture interests? Okay, so um, <clears throat> let's see. I was uh, raised in the church. Uh, I tell people that I'm fourth generation Church of Christ. Um, and it's just, that's, that's the world I grew up in. Uh, and throughout that, that, you know, through my life of faith, we've, we've, there's been ups and downs and in, in, in that. And so I've, I've learned, uh, I've kind of grown a, a, what I call a love hate relationship with this tradition, um, mm-hmm. that there's lots that I love about our tradition, the churches of Christ, but it's also quite a bit that frustrate me. And mm-hmm. so, uh, but one of the things I like about it is the autonomous nature. And so like no, no churches are quite so the same. And so you have a bad experience at one does not mean you're going to have, it's, it's going to be the same somewhere else. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons I'm able to stick around. Um, yeah. It fits, it fits where you're at. And uh, yeah. as a minister, you have some say in, in the direction of it, uh, that you yeah. might not have that freedom in, in every place. Yeah. I, I definitely yeah. get that. Uh, yeah. And that's um, I've been in uh, youth ministry for about 12 years and that's that's full-time because i did part-time stuff before then got my uh my bachelor's uh at oklahoma christian university in 2009 in mm-hmm. uh bible and ministry uh and then i uh, this is my third church that i've worked at i was in like like you said I was, we were both in cordell i was in cordell for eight years um, yeah, you, you had a little more time there than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I was in Cordell for eight years, and uh, then I came to Snyder almost two years ago. I've been in Snyder since uh, 2000, 2020, the big, big 2020. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it, was, it was a very good year to start new ministry, or, you know, I was yeah. only in my place for like six months before things started blowing up, so not recommended, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> was you know, I, when I, when I, uh, I had already been talking to this church, and then when they had, they had scheduled an interview in March of 2020, well... <laughs> They had to quick go, well, we're going to have to reschedule because mm-hmm. we're not allowed to, you know, everything is locked down. Yep. So, okay. Yep. Have you heard so, of this thing anyway. called Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do a Zoom interview at one point. Yeah. It was, and that was, we'll tell you, we're, we're, we're making use of it today. So what were some of your first pop culture things that you got into? Oh. Obviously, we're going to talk about Star Wars in a second. Is there other stuff? As I see the I'm Batman say, poster behind you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so um, I have a Batman shrine, actually. It's, I have a whole bunch of Batman stuff behind me. Mm-hmm. But um you can't see it all but um 
Star Wars is probably my earliest because I remember back as far back as I can remember. I remember having uh, my my grandparents on my mom's side had they had on VHS recorded on VHS mm-hmm. Star Wars movies with commercials and everything. And that's what I did every time I went to their house. I was like, "Can I watch Star Wars?" And so that's what I would do. I watch Star Wars, and I just fell in love with Star Wars from far back as I can remember. Uh, but yeah, of course, Batman, X Men. I was a big uh, X Men fan growing up, watching the cartoon. Yeah, uh, X Men nineties. It's it's already come up in, in other podcasts. Of <laughs> I'm sure it has because into it. It, it, it's, it was a it was a good cartoon. So was the mm-hmm. Batman animated series. Oh yeah, the, the, I mean that's a superior Batman. Yeah, there's no it's better really, depiction. I mean, I enjoyed true. the recent movie, but yeah. Animated series is where I, it's at. I have not seen the recent movie. It's I know because um, it played here in town for like three weeks, and I just can never like. You have little kids. Little, I get it. Yeah, when it's a three-hour movie, which it did not need to be, but it was good. So check it out. Check it out things. when you get a chance. I hear, I hear good things, and I'm real excited to see it. Um, yeah. Also, so, also good things about the Snyder Cut, which I haven't seen yet either. So mm, yeah. I, I, <laughs> we probably have difference of opinion on that. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen Star it. So Wars. I tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Star Wars. Um, yeah. I mean, like you, I, I, it was just always on. My dad was a big fan of it. You can like some mm-hmm. of our earliest home movies, you can hear it playing in the background. Um, and so, it, yeah, it was just always something I was into. And uh, to give you people a time frame, this is like in the 90s. So it's before the prequels. It really mm-hmm. was just the original three movies. And then some of the books and other things that, that I read a few of at the time. But like it wasn't as all pervasive and it was like a lot of pop culture stuff, a lot a more, more nerdy. Niche. Yeah, yeah, a lot more niche right. back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the 80s and 90s, yeah. like it was just, you know, there was nothing cool about liking Star Wars or comic books then. I mean, it's, it's a little more mainstream now. I don't know if you'd say it's cool, but, but everybody knows about it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just always been uh, something I've cared about. And then obviously they, they did the prequels and, you know. There's different thoughts on those. We're not going to get into that today. Maybe no. a little bit, but but not really. Uh, and then obviously they had the uh, the sequel trilogy that started just a few years ago, and that's kind of where we're going to focus today. A lot of today's episode, we're going to be looking at some themes that really come out in the movie The Last Jedi. And so I'm going to play a clip here. This is actually from the teaser. So this is like the first thing that we heard about this movie. Uh, when it was called The Last Jedi. So we're going to hear from the other Luke what what he has to say about the Jedi. I only know one truth. It's time for the Jedi to end. And we're going to talk about why Luke felt that way and his progression through the movie and, and the other Jedi characters in that movie and how they feel about that idea. But before we get into all that, um, let's just talk in general about The Last Jedi. I know it's a very divisive film in the Star Wars community. You're not really a Star Wars fan. If you don't hate most of Star Wars, it seems like at least these days. Now, I'm going to say in general, I am in... I like The Last Jedi. I think it was a good movie and, and I like the themes and what it was trying to do. But uh, I don't know where do you come down on the movie just as a whole. Honestly, um, like I said, I, I watched it again last night <laughs> and um, but I've seen it a few times. I really do like The Last Jedi. I, I know for a lot of people that was 
In fact, um, I already posted this thing on TikTok the other day where uh, I joined this guy. He said basically what I feel. He said, he said uh, that the last Jedi was the best of the of the of the, the prequel of the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. and he said the second best in all the whole franchise. I think okay. he he probably called the first best the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. But um, but he but he said he said the reason why you didn't like it, people didn't like it because they don't understand Star Wars. I'm like that's. Ooh. That's pretty, so bold, pretty yeah, bold. bold words. Well, well, that that was that was he, he posted that during No Nuance November. So, okay. <laughs> so hot take but, from yeah. some guy on TikTok. If you don't like the Last Jedi, you don't understand Star Wars, which I, I'm not gonna fully disagree with that. Uh, yeah, it's it's you know one of the things that people really don't like about it is the treatment of Luke. Um, you mm-hmm. know, there may even be hints from Mark Hamill himself that he's like that wasn't really the the story I wanted to get to tell with them. But I would say if you don't like that, it's J.J. Abrams' fault, not Ryan Johnson, because J.J. Yep. Abrams was the one who sent Luke into exile in, in uh, The Force Awakens, you know, and he takes off when he knows that there's some other big evil force out there. Uh, mm-hmm. So he created this problem, and Ryan Johnson is the one that actually has, has to deal with it. Um, well, if, you know, so. if you know anything about J.J. Abrams, he's really good at creating problems and then just like not really solving them. Yes, the mystery lost. box approach <laughs> and the plot Ooh. of all his movies, including both of his Star Wars movies, is let's go find the thing. There's a clue to it at this place, and then we'll find that, and then we'll go find the next thing. Like, it's all plot, no story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, again, we, we don't have time to get into uh, all of our beasts no, no, that stuff. Yeah. No, JJ Abrams. I, I happen to like JJ Abrams and a lot of his stuff, but yeah. but okay. <laughs> yeah, little critiques with the Last Jedi. I, I do feel like there's some like Finn and Poe don't really get used too well, especially Finn. He doesn't really have much to do, and he kind of repeats his storyline from the first movie. But again, we're 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 not here to quibble about you know details of the plot. We're looking at the big themes of the movie, and and since this is pop culture pastor, we're going to think about how those themes actually relevant to how we understand the church today. So I would say that the major theme, one of the major themes of The Last Jedi, at least especially from Luke Skywalker's perspective, is that the Jedi as an institution are kind of terrible, right? So, so why, what's, what's wrong with the Jedi? Why does, as we heard in that clip earlier, why does Luke say the Jedi have to end? Uh, and I'm going to point out real quick, uh, we're recording this before the Obi-Wan series drops on disney plus so we haven't seen that yet hopefully it's really good i'm i'm really excited to see ewan mcgregor come back to the role yes. and i'm hopeful that uh that series will emphasize kind of the positive aspects of the jedi right it even mentions their compassion in that and and that's a good thing so this is not you know as we say is as, as we talk about the problems of the jedi we're not saying uh pro empire pro sith right those are obvious bad guys they're evil so we're not going to go that direction even though, as, as Luke will say in, in The Last Jedi in the movie, you know, that they allowed the, the, the Empire, the Sith, to rise at the height of their power. Right? So that's kind of part of their problem right there. And also, last little intro thing to this, uh, I think it's helpful, especially for a later discussion, to separate the Force and the Jedi. Right? The Force is kind of that, that mystical power. Uh, it, it doesn't really have a personality in, in the Star Wars universe. But that's a little separate from the Jedi who use the Force, right? The Jedi is this institution that is built up around the Force. So to see those as, as separate things, even though they're obviously connected. So 
I think one of the issues with the the Jedi and a lot of this does come out in the prequels, it's unclear how they fit politically in the Republic, right? Like the, the political nature of it. Uh, how do you understand their relationship between the Jedi and, and how the Republic works? So I, it's hard to, like you said, it's, it, it, it is kind of, vague um that there really is no probably probably they don't have like a constitution that dictates their role they i think that they're at their best they're advisors mm-hmm. they're meant to be like advisors uh um because the 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 government of you know the the, the republic doesn't operate um by the force you know right the, yeah it's not the, like the official state religion as far as we can tell yeah yeah, yeah. I, I haven't um, read all the books, so maybe there's more about what other people believe. Yeah, other but, but it, 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 seems, it seems like it's a dominant, you know, it's a dominant religion in the Republic, and 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 they're, they they act as advisors. But um, I think they, the, the the Jedi's tend to be, and we'll get more into this, I think, but like tend to be the gatekeepers of the Force. Mm, okay. And, and instead of instead of servants of the force or servants of you know of, of the light whatever they become the gatekeepers and so yeah, we're they're the only ones that that use it um i think rogue one was had some interesting ideas with that where you had like the two guys that they weren't force sensitive in the sense that they could use it but they believed in it so that was definitely an interesting take that you just you don't really see much of that right it kind of seems like most people don't even know about the force possibly but yeah the i like that idea of gatekeeping as if to say, yeah, the Jedi are the ones who own this or, you know, have, have this power um, Mm -hmm. and and they're the ones that are going to use it. And, you know, the, the weird relationship of like, yeah, they're just advisors, but then when the war happens, the clone wars, they become the generals, you know, it'd be, it'd be kind of weird, you know, like in church history, if Catholic bishops suddenly had been in charge of the armies I mean, yeah, you know that it's just kind of a, a strange relationship, and it's never explicitly lined out yeah. how all that fits. And maybe that's just you know because you don't really need that in the movie; it's not not important. But it is kind of weird, right? So we're seeing these weird the political ties between the Jedi and the Republic. It's it's problematic at least, or it's it's mm-hmm. unclear exactly how all that fits together. Another big issue I think with the Jedi is is their idea of no attachments. You know, you see this in the way that they they take, well, they call them younglings, right? But they're taking you know, really small children away from their families. Which, uh, even right there, that's, that's kind of problematic too, right? Is uh, mm-hmm. how much say do parents get in that? Uh, how do kids actually feel about, you know, being taken away from home when they're like four years old? Seems like, I mean, I have a four-year-old. I, I can't imagine yeah. some religion taking Betsy away from me, even if, you know, I was in support of it. And so then also along with this no attachment idea, right? You're, you're pulling kids away from their families before they get you know, super attached to them even. And then they have the, the forced celibacy rule, right? That you can't be married or in relationships. I do actually remember when, you know, the second prequel was coming out and, and that was an idea that was revealed like, oh, that's, that's actually pretty interesting, right? It's an interesting idea, but uh, it's uh, problematic for the Jedi. Is, I mean, that's kind mm-hmm. of the whole story of the prequels, right? That Anakin uh, rejects that for the sake of, of love, which mm-hmm. you know, it, love is a good thing. But yeah, when they're saying, no, you can't have any attachments uh, that, yeah, if you see that way, that like, obviously yeah. creates problems. I mean, that's basically for the reason for the rise of Darth Vader. And yeah. 
um, even in in more recent stuff, uh, the one of the most recent Star Wars things has been the book of Boba Fett. So there's this scene right there where Grogu is with Luke and they're training and Luke is still kind of passing that same idea on. How, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I think well, this is before the, the whole thing with Ben Solo, obviously. So, right. Yeah. Um, and so he has your timeline quite, nerds. Yeah. And so uh, he, uh, yeah, he, he's still very much, um, you know, a proselyte of, of the Jedi religion. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he sees it that way where he's, he is, this is his first step into becoming a, a master uh, mm-hmm. with an apprentice and um as far as you know let's look at the timeline but i'm pretty sure grogu would, would be like his first apprentice and he's you know i know that when i started ministry i didn't know what i was doing <laughs> and so and so I, <laughs> that's I, I, that's a secret we don't want we want people to know that well now no, nobody thinks we know what we're doing anyway. it's, fine. <laughs> it's fine i only thing i knew was i i thought about the older ministers that i had looked up to and i just kind of emulated them and mm. i think it's what a lot of ways doing he's like he's thinking about obi-wan he's thinking about yoda he's thinking oh, i'm gonna do it the way things they did i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna do this force thing the way this jedi training thing the way they did it because that's the right way to do it right and i think that's, that's all he knows yeah yeah I, I think that's a lesson he learns later that's not that's not the case mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. yeah and in luke's defense right like there is he's the only one right so it's not like he can go and read lots of different approaches to it but, you know, it, yeah, it does feel like to me that after Return of the Jedi that, you know, it even felt like he maybe had learned some things about attachment isn't a bad thing, right? That it's attachment to his friends, his family, that that's mm. uh, an important thing. And so that's why that scene in, in Boba Fett was so frustrating. It's like, I thought Luke already knows better than this, right? Like, yeah, he doesn't have any other models other than Obi-Wan and, and Yoda, but like he should be able to look back and see like, okay the way the Jedi did it before didn't work. Um, that's why they partly why they fell apart. So why is he just repeating the same mistakes? Uh, it seemed like he had learned already, but maybe yeah. not. Yeah. I, I think, I think for me, like looking back, you know, cause when I first started in ministry, I, I thought about the things that I was frustrated with, with previous generations of uh, way of doing things. But my thought was, well, I don't have a better answer, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe, maybe I just kind of, he's just defaulting to what he knows, even though he, he's not, sure about it i mean like maybe he's reading too much into the character i don't know yeah, no hey that that's what we're here to do with this podcast is read too much into uh movies and tv shows much more than sometimes even the writers think about yeah sometimes yeah Sometimes it's helpful sometimes it's pointless but hey we're glad you're here listening everyone thanks all right so, <laughs> also just another side note i was not a fan of book of boba fett um as we i think you said earlier when we were talking it's really the book of Boba Fett and also the Mandalorian because Boba Fett is not actually that interesting. Yeah, Mandalorian 2.5 is what I call mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So back to the the Jedi. So this no attachment rule, we see the way that that is is problematic, and along with that, the idea that emotions just as a whole are bad seems to be the way that that they think. Right, this very logical. We just you don't want to feel any emotions, fear, anger, all these things. But I mean, that's you know. That's just human nature. Well, or, yeah. you know, whether you're human or not, right? That's just how creatures are. That mm-hmm. you can't actually avoid anger or fear. It's it's what you do with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, along with that, you know, there's a lot of hypocrisy and and hubris in the way that they they operate. You know, most of the times when a Jedi wins a lightsaber battle, 
seems to me like they're pretty emotional, right? You know, I think of Luke when he defeats Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi, like he's pissed off, right? He's using his emotion. And I know that's what the Emperor is trying to get him to do, but Obi-Wan uh, in episode one seems like he's angry when he defeats Darth Maul. So you know, like they say emotions are bad, but they're using them too. Yeah, think about how many times the uh, the Jedi Council made decisions based off of fear. And mm-hmm. they may not call it that. They may call it caution. Right, right. But it's fear. They were afraid of, you know, uh, and, and, and like even Yoda's like, I sense much fear in you. It's like they were they were afraid of what could happen. Yeah. And, or, yeah, that's that's they're um, projecting their own fear mm-hmm. into him. Yeah. So so you're saying that uh, religious leaders sometimes could be using fear, but calling it something else. Interesting. Interesting thought. Mm-hmm. May mm-hmm. come back to that. Other ways, you know, you think about the hypocrisy, you know, that, you know, they, they see themselves as guardians of the peace, right? You don't use the force to attack people, right? The Sith do, they'll use force lightning and force choking, but we don't do that, right? We, we're peaceful. And yet killing somebody or cutting somebody's hand off with a lightsaber is fine, right? So it's like, it's still violence, right? You're not using mm-hmm. the force directly to do the violence, but I mean, what's, what's the difference at the end of the day? And yeah. even just the idea, um, I, I think this is what... Obi-Wan says to Anakin in their duel, only a Sith speaks in absolutes. Well, that's a pretty absolutist statement right there. <laughs> and, and the idea of, you know, dualism of right and wrong. I mean, the Jedi are incredibly dualistic. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, the, the Sith are more nuanced at times. Although, again, we're not, we're not pro-Sith here. So <laughs> there's, there's a lot of issues, right, with the Jedi and, and what we see. And, you know, I wonder sometimes how much that's intentional, right? That we're supposed to see in the prequels that, that this system, this institution is problematic. And that's, that's why it doesn't work out. You always wonder how much credit do you give George Lucas in, in his later years? I don't know, but that's definitely an interesting way to read it. But the reason we're, we're thinking about this is, you know, I just alluded to all these problems that we see with the Jedi. We can see them in the church in, in certain ways as well, right? It's the church is too invested or has a weird relationship with politics. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen any examples of that, Luke? Hmm. I mean, that's the thing about this last the last few years. Um, it's, yeah, we, it's, we don't need to get too specific in here. So no, we don't. We don't. Too we many don't. viewers, yeah. uh, listeners. No, right no, no. But the reality is, like the, the way we, we created this dichotomy of, mm-hmm. of if you, if you are on this issue, then then you're on this side. And if you're mm-hmm. on this issue, you're on this side. And there is no room for nuance. Um, and that's that's just become much more stark now. And it's like the idea that a Christian could believe this or that issue, it could stand with this or that issue is foreign to some people's mind. They think, well, we have to align with this. This has yeah, got the other way. This is not. Right. Everything is partisan. You know, a distinction I like to make is between political and partisan because everything's political, right? The, the gospel mm-hmm. is political. It's about a kingdom. Mm-hmm of god it's about a lord those are political terms and so it has to involve itself somehow in the way that we structure our world the way that we interact with other people because that's basically what politics is and yet yeah in in our world today and especially in the last few years it seems like anything remotely political immediately gets taken into the partisan realm of oh well you're just one of those people if you you know even want to talk about this issue um and so yeah it's I'm sure you know it's made our job really difficult to be able to speak truth without uh, upsetting people who think we're being political or being too partisan 
or, you know, for ourselves that we have to, to watch out for that as well. So, yeah. But yeah and, and, you know, this is just recent history. I mean, look at the church's history throughout all of it. And it's pretty easy to see the obvious ways that it was too invested in political power, right? In Christendom, it used that power, you know, things like the Crusades and the, the weird relationships between kings and popes and these sort of things, right? It's, it's, it's all sort of the same problem. This, uh, how do you, how does the church involve itself in the political systems of the world? Um, like I said, uh, bishops and things, ministers weren't leading armies like the Jedi were, but it, it gets complicated, right? Yeah. So uh, another thing that we can, can see is just like the Jedi, you know, for celibacy and no attachments. In general, we, there's plenty of ways that the church has also repressed people's sexuality. And when what we see that what happens most of the time when you do that is it doesn't go away. It just comes out in even more unhealthy ways. Can you, I mean, examples mm-hmm. come to mind of that for you? I mean, just there's been so many recent, you know, uh, scandals. Uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, in in the all uh, flavors of Christianity, you know, mm-hmm. people people think about the Catholic Church and the issues they had with 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 sexual abuse, and then and then mm-hmm. you know, same thing was happening. Some of the things were happening with with uh, the Southern Baptists. They had a big thing in their convention about it, and then mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot that's going on with yeah methods, and and every branch of Christianity is affected by yeah. this by by this issue, and and um, all of it comes from this modernist idea, I think, of, of of being logical and stuff, and we don't want to include strong emotions, so we're going to repress those strong emotions, including sexual feelings mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, we're yeah, it's not just sexuality, those. right? Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. Christians shouldn't be angry. Um, at least this is, you know, certain streams and in, in Christian thought, right? You shouldn't shouldn't feel any of those negative any negative feeling. You just need to ignore that. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I tell you again, rejoice, right? So we can't lament. We can't be sad. Yeah. So yeah, there's that a similar sort of like just push these things to the side because we think they're bad instead of right, acknowledging them, because if you don't acknowledge them, they come out in, in weird ways, right? Whether you're forcing people to be celibate or just telling them they can't be sad at a funeral, it, it's going to come out uh, in the wrong ways. Yeah. And I, I don't know if we even need to get, we've already kind of done a little bit getting into just the ways the church can be hypocritical, right? Say one mm-hmm. thing and do another, right? Tell people uh, to save yourselves for marriage, but then that pastor is sleeping with the secretary, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, that's the obvious thing, but there's so many ways that we have not practiced what we preached. We talk about love, but then the way we define love ends up not looking like love to, to most people. Yeah. So yeah, just, it's one of the biggest complaints you'll see from people that are, are leaving Christianity or want nothing to do with it, that we just are not consistent on what we say we believe and, and what we actually do. And yes, nobody's perfect, but you know, we're setting ourselves up as being able to have a voice of morality and that we see the world clearly and it, we lose that voice when mm-hmm. we can't live up to these things. And especially when we can't acknowledge the hypocrisy, it's one thing to say, yeah, yeah I, I do struggle with this, but another to say that, no, this, this isn't a problem in the church, right? We're, that's yeah. the world's issue. We don't deal with this. So all of that leads us, you know, to sometimes think, well, would um, the gospel or the spirit or the way of Jesus, would it be better or would it be more effective if the institutional church was just gone? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about this a lot. Or I thought about this a lot in the last couple of years, as you maybe mm-hmm. did as well, of like, yeah. what is the point of all this? Are we, are as the institutional church, 
are we just making things worse for people yeah. in some ways is, is the good that we do uh, outweighed by, by all the negativity um, by all these other yeah. things that have come from the church history. And yeah, there were a number of days, you know, when, when things were really bad and in, in, in this church in my church where I work, there was just like, if this thing was just gone, it, it might be better off because I see the ways that mm-hmm. it, it also has hurt people um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and in a negative way affected relationships. I don't know. Have you ever felt that as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. And especially since um, throughout the, throughout the pandemic, you know, uh, when everything, everything shut down and then people weren't allowed to come to come to the, to the, to, the, to, the, to worship. And it was surprising to me, not surprising, I guess, but, but telling how, how so many people after that, when we were allowed to come back, chose not to. And it was because they said they experienced what life is like without the church. And I said, not near as bad as it told me it would be. Hmm. And um, it's, it's interesting, <clears throat> like the latest statistics, you know, showing that people are losing interest in church, but not in faith necessarily. I don't remember the statistic, and I, I can't give you the numbers, but I do know there's a, a recent poll that said that, like, even though church attendance is down, belief in prayer and miracles mm-hmm. hasn't really dipped because people still have a place for faith. But the question is, is the church serving that or hindering that? Yeah, um, and and so that's where you hit a lot of this, you know, this movement or people that have the mindset of, yeah, I'm spiritual but not religious, right? I mean, yeah. that's such a common phrase. So we're seeing right when we're talking about these negative things in the church, well, that's pretty understandable, right? I, I encounter people in my ministry a lot where they'll, they'll share some of that. And, you know, my, my response is not, how dare you? It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Right? I get it. <laughs> I yeah, understand. I, I, and I felt like I could be there at, at points in my life. And so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're not going to answer this question right now, but we're just kind of raising it of, well, is, is it worth it? But to answer that, actually, we're going to go back and think about the Jedi again. Mm-hmm. Of what, is there a way for the Jedi Order to be better? Right? Is there a better Jedi Order that could have been built by Luke Skywalker or by somebody else? And this is where I would say, overall, I was kind of disappointed with the sequel trilogy because we didn't get that story. You know, mm-hmm. it, they sacrificed the potential reconstruction of the Jedi and the Republic and all that really for the sake of resetting to the status quo that you had at a new hope where you have a small group of rebels with this big evil empire. I understand why they wanted to get to that place, but yeah, it just takes away the chance to tell a new story with a new sort of Jedi. And, and they you know, touched yeah. on it a little, but you didn't really get to see that. And obviously Luke didn't get to do that, at least not in the movies. So if we're thinking about how, how the Jedi order could be better, if there's still a place for the force and you know, the, the compassion that, that they do have in general, what are some of the ways that, that that could happen? Well, one of them I think of is the room for more nuance, right? Room for mm-hmm. ambiguity, gray areas, right? I mean, it literally doesn't allow that because you have the light side and the dark side, right? There's, so if that's the way you're no setting it up, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. There's, there's no gray. And yet there are hints of that. And again, you go to a lot of the uh, other media, outside of just the movies, which mm-hmm. I don't know most people aren't going to, but, but even in the movies themselves, there's a really interesting quote and an interview with Dave Filoni. He's one of the creators of Mandalorian. I was involved in a lot of the animated series before that. He's probably the person who understands Star Wars uh, better than anyone else next to George Lucas. 
and yeah. and in this uh, <clears throat> making of documentary for the Mandalorian, I think it's it's called uh, the Gallery. It's on Disney Plus. It's the second episode. He just goes on this long conversation about he's talking about the first episode, episode one, and the idea of of the duel of the fates. Right, that's the name of that song that's playing uh, as as they're having their big lightsaber battle at the end. And what he's arguing in that is that the the fates, uh, it's it's talking about Anakin's fate and how his life could have gone if Qui-Gon Jinn would have survived to train him, uh, the Jedi master who, who takes him under his wing, because he's arguing in this that, that Qui-Gon actually seems to recognize some of those faults with the Jedi, even as he's still part of the organization, right? He's a master, but he's not on the council, right? He seems like he's a little more willing to to bend some of those rules, to break some of those rules. He seems to not have as big of a problem with attachment as the other Jedi do. But unfortunately, what happens, of course, is that he dies. He's killed by Darth Maul. And so Obi-Wan is the one who takes on Anakin and, and trains him. And so uh, as, as Filoni argues in this, this interview, um, he, Anakin loses his father figure. Right? Because Obi-Wan isn't really that. Eventually, they see each other as brothers, but uh, he's not the father figure that he needs. He, he actually needs yeah. that attachment. Um, and so, so Anakin doesn't have the family that he needs, which is actually what Filoni argues the whole Star Wars story is about. It's about family. Because right? then you go oh. to the Return of the Jedi, and that's actually what makes the difference. Right? Okay. That, that Luke Skywalker chooses family. Right? He chooses that attachment to his father even though his father has, has only done evil, he still believes in the good in him. And so yeah. he rejects violence. He rejects the emperor telling him, just strike him down or strike me down. Right. So it actually is Luke's attachment to his father that saves him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So again, that's why I was frustrated when Luke comes back and uh, training Grogu and, and is just selling this no attachments thing again. Right. Like that was the whole storyline is that his yeah. attachment, his love, his belief in family is what saves him. And so I think oh. if there were going to be a restored Jedi order, that would be a central part of it. That yes, mm-hmm. your attachments are good. You can be too attached to other people. Your attachments can be disordered. Uh, and that's, yeah. there's a lot of Christian language about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, the attachment is not inherently bad. Uh, so go check that uh, the interview out. I'll try and get a link in the show notes for that and, and hear all of his wisdom and genius about Star Wars. Uh, what else, though, uh, you think about how the Jedi could have been better when they were rebuilt? Like, Yeah, like you said, there's a moment at the very end of The Last Jedi where this boy who, you know, he's kind of a slave and he sleeps the floor and mm-hmm. he gets kicked out. And you see a moment where he steps out and he sees a broom and he reaches out and the broom comes to his hand. It's real, mm-hmm. it's real subtle. And then he stands in front of the, 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 the broom shines like a lightsaber. And it's yeah, kind of like broom boy, it. yep. This is going to be the, the the hint of, and I think what it is is um, the, the hope for the Jedi is not found in uh, great power and great influence, uh, but in but in in, in uh, humility and 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 I think that it's not going to be you know if you just imagine where the how 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 far the Jedi have fallen, mm-hmm. but how how there's still hope in this a new hope in, you might say. A new hope, yeah. Um, <laughs> hope springs I, I, eternal, right? The, yeah, yeah, another new hope after, after Luke it, and all it, these things. And 
Yeah, you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier is the idea of the Jedi's as, as gatekeepers, right? Like yeah. we have the force. And so, yeah, that mm-hmm. scene with the kid with the broom, it's like, yeah, the force doesn't need the Jedi, right? This yeah. kid can, can find the force even without that. And, and so, yeah, this, it, you right. mentioned, cause like you, had, you mentioned before, before we were recording, you said that you hadn't seen the, the rebels, Star Wars rebels yet, which is a Dave Filoni show. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a character and, and you know, it, 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 to check this out, there's a character named Bendu. He's this, uh, ancient big creature who is very strong in the force but he is neither a sith nor a jedi and um but he's uh and, and he chooses he refuses to, to choose sides he's like i'm not you know and so he mm-hmm. and so it's, it's kind of like he's he's an embodiment of nuance because he is not dark nor light he is force sensitive and he's powerful but he's not a sith he's not a jedi and, and, and in fact, he, um, for, for most of the, the storyline, he's, he's like, I'm, I'm not involved. This is not my fight kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but that, but like, yeah, I think that that's, so it's getting out of that dualistic mindset. Right. And yeah, yeah some of the, the video games ever played the uh, Knights of the old Republic. Uh, I recommend some, those. Yeah. It, like there's literally a, a scale of how light or dark is your character right now based on your choices. But especially in, I think the second one, you can be in the middle. Right? You can have access to both kinds of powers, um, but like, yeah, it's, it's actually not as this or that as you think. And so, yeah, I think that that's a helpful way forward. Well, and yeah. as, as we finish thinking about the Jedi and the last Jedi, the film, the theme of the movie, right? We're, we're saying, it seems like the theme is the Jedi are bad and they need to go away. And, and that's what Luke is arguing. Well, that's actually not the point of the film. Uh, the point yeah. comes when uh, there's a scene towards the end Luke is literally going to burn it all down. That's what he says. I'm, I'm going to burn it all down, uh, which again, sometimes we feel that way about things. And then Yoda shows up, right? The force ghost of, of his master Yoda comes and Yoda actually burns it all down. He's like, oh, who cares, right? You can burn it down, but that's not the end. And I, I want us to hear this, this clip of, of what Yoda says to Luke. Pass on what you have learned. Strength, mastery, but weakness folly failure also yes failure most of all the greatest teacher failure is we are what they grow beyond that is the true burden of all masters so what yoda says there is that failure the best teacher is mm-hmm. <laughs> i gotta say i gotta say it in his, his way i'm not gonna do the voice right now Right. It's, no. it's everything, right? Luke, it's not just your strengths and your, your wisdom that you need to pass on. It's got to pass on the weaknesses as well and acknowledge the way that the Jedi failed is part of how we're going to find a way forward. And I think that's the exact hope that, that we need for the church too. Mm-hmm. If there's going to be a new hope for the church, yes, we have to see the ways that, that God and the way of Jesus and the gospel is, is bigger than, than the church, right? That we don't contain God in this building or in this institution, but th- that doesn't make the church disposable, right? Yeah. We still, I mean, right. We're both ministers, pastors. Uh, we believe that people need community and that mm-hmm. if, if the way of Jesus matters, it's something that we have to do together. You can't just figure that out on your own. It's actually, I think our, our culture or the individualistic mindset that says, yeah, just, just go be you and Jesus, right? That's, Historically, that's that's never been the way that it's worked, and I don't think that that's actually going to be that sustainable. 
And, you know, we can think about the differences in the institutional church or in, in the, the, the spiritual side of the church, right? There is, right, just as, mm-hmm. as a necessity of living in this world, it's got to have a budget. And a lot of times there's going to be a building and, and a board and all those sort of things. Uh, I'd love to get rid of them sometimes, but, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's kind of going to be part of it. But to not make that the main thing and to see that the church yeah. is bigger than that. And, you know, it's not the first time in church history that, there's been a big shift. You know, someone has said that like about every 500 years, things change dramatically, right? You had the conversion of Constantine and the starting of Christendom. You had the great schism between uh, the Eastern church and the Western church. Then you had the Protestant reformation. And now it's about 500 years after that, right? So it's not surprising mm-hmm. that, that it seems like there's some big shift. And yet, even as much as things may change in the nature of the church, the church lives on. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, kind of actually our central story, right? Of yeah. death and resurrection. Right? That when yeah. we give in to letting things go, something new comes out of it. Yeah. So it's it's this this uh quote like in, in that clip, the very last thing Yoda says, he says, we are what they grow beyond. Mm. This is the burden of all all true masters. This idea and, and I've I told this to to as a youth minister, you know, I work with teens and I'm looking at the next generation. I'm wondering what, what, what it's going to be like for them. And <clears throat> I've told some parents, I've told other uh, older generations, listen, um, when Jesus said, you know, um, I've overcome the world and the gates of hell will not prevail against my kingdom. He meant that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I've told, I've told my teens this because there's sometimes we're, we're only a few of us in a room. My youth group is small and, mm-hmm. and they get disheartened because they're like, well, what, what's, what's this, you know, this is, are we failing? And I say, listen, if every church in America were to shut its doors tomorrow and, and, and close down and, and never to open again, the kingdom of God would continue. <laughs> it would be yeah. different. But it would continue. Um, and I think what, what is happening is that um, our generation, millennials and, and, and older generations need to anticipate that the younger generations are going to, but what we want for them is we want them to be beyond us. We mm-hmm. want them to, to, to be go deeper and more real. And we want the church to be um, something, you know, like, but it's going to be different. There's going to yeah. be change. Yeah. If, if it's a that... trajectory, they're going to keep following mm-hmm. that trajectory. And yeah, that's what I think that's a big shift. I've tried to help people see that we're not, we can just set limits, right? We, we made the church perfect years ago and now it mm-hmm. is. So let's just stay in those limits. Well, that's, that's not working, yeah. but yeah, if we can see and the that's... trajectory of where it's going, yeah, it's, we may not know they're going to grow beyond us, but yeah, I hope they do. Yeah, and I think that's what that's what Luke was was learning in the Last Jedi because um, he saw how the Jedi's had been the gatekeepers of the faith of of, of the Force, and he said that, that it's beyond us; it's too big for us. It needs to end. We don't need to be the gatekeepers anymore. Um, and you know, talks about how those things still go on even after you know after we don't have any control. But the way I see it is kind of like Luke is in. I guess the early stage of deconstruction. He's the early stage of deconstruction. Yep. Oh, there's the D and, word. Yep. Yeah. And I think I think uh, what Yoda is, Yoda is is the wiser one who's beyond him, who has deconstructed. And looks at it, he's like, yeah, you're right. Um, the, the Jedi Order is not all it should have been. It, it lost its way. But he says, you know, I think what he's trying to teach Luke in that moment is that don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, that there is, you know, there is still good. It's going to be something new. It's going to be different, but 
just just throwing it out and saying, well, it's over. It's stupid. No, it's just burn it all down. We don't need the church anymore. We don't need the Jedi anymore. That's not what what Yoda saying is like. Yeah, there's problems. We need to admit those problems and and allow the the next generations to move forward. But we but if, if we deny those problems and to say no, you have to do it this way, or and there's two extremes. The sacred texts. The sacred texts. You know, <laughs> um, it's two extremes. We just say you have to do it the way we've done, always done it. This is the way, the right way to do it. The other extreme is no, we messed up so badly, it just needs to end. And it's it's over. Well, well, like I said. For for Yoda, there's more nuance. Mm-hmm. It's it's like no, no, it doesn't have to be the end. Nor nor are we going to be, be like it was before, but it's going to be something new. And that's yeah. and that's, that's that's the middle road. The, the nuance that that I think the Jedi need, and the Church as well. Is, is yeah, what we're right. That's yeah, for. exactly. That's that's the way forward for us. It's not to be stuck in that initial box of construction, to not get stuck in the place of deconstruction of just always mm-hmm. want to tear everything down and and everything's terrible, but to move to reconstruction, like, like you're saying Yoda does. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. What can it be now? Right. We do have to acknowledge all those faults and some things burn down. Okay. But that's not the end. So yeah, that's the path forward for us. Acknowledge the ways that we have fallen short, our failures, like really acknowledge them, not just this lip service that sometimes Christians give of, Oh, well, everybody's human. Right. But to say, yes, this is the ways that we were not who we were meant to be, but we still believe in Jesus and his way. And we repent and move forward, right? That, that is central to it, but it's so hard to, to just want to say, no, we, we got it right. Let's, let's stop questioning these things, but that's the way forward. Like you said, for the Jedi, ideally. Uh, and I think that's the way forward for the church. Well, as uh, we wrap up this discussion, we're going to end with a segment that we do every week. This is our pop culture consolations and desolations. As everyone knows, that language comes from St. Ignatius of Loyola and his prayer of the examination of consciousness, which is really just about looking back at your life and seeing the movement of God, seeing the work of the Spirit. And so we're using this basically as a way to say, what, what has been life-giving in pop culture for you recently? What's something that you've enjoyed, what uh, you would recommend? And then if you have something negative, you don't have to be negative, but I know us nerds like to, to get upset about things, <laughs> as we've already heard. Uh, is there anything that uh, is your desolation that's, that's not life-giving? Um, of the dark side in pop culture <laughs> recently. So, uh, let me start us off. What was something positive? So, um, I, like I told you uh, before we were recording, that I, I, I treated myself. I finally got by myself a, a Nintendo Switch, and uh, and I wanted a game that me and my wife could play together because we both. She's not a big gamer like I am, but she she enjoys the, you know certain like dungeon crawlers and stuff like Diablo that type mm-hmm. of game. So I was like, hey, let's. I picked up uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, which is uh, just really fun and really fun. It's you know a dungeon crawler that's, that stars a bunch of Marvel characters. What's great about it is is you're going through the storyline and then another character will pop up and, and and you just feel excited like oh here you know like like I got super excited when uh, when Deadpool popped up and he's, he's like making tacos. <laughs> yes, and, and, I, I remember that scene. I play that yeah. game with my son a lot. Yeah, and so it's a game I play with my wife uh, that I really enjoy, um, and it's just fun to watch like, as you're playing. It's like a new character pop, and characters that that I'm not even that familiar with. Yeah, that, that learn just, more. Yeah, awesome. and it's it's really cool. Uh, so that's that's probably my consolation right now is is I recommend if you're a Marvel fan and video game fan, go check out uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. All right, any and pop culture desolations this week? I don't see anything in particular. I'm actually pretty optimistic about. Okay. Um, a lot of people are kind of down on Disney with with the direction they take for Star Wars and for Marvel. I've I've been I'm pretty optimistic. I'm excited. 
you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to see Blade. I'm ready to see another Guardians of the Galaxy come out. And, you know, yeah, it'll be fun. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about, about those things. So I don't think I, at this point right now, I don't have a, a real no desolations in your landscape. Okay. Not right now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to kind of mix mine and also do a little bit of a humble brag life update. So my desolation is that I haven't actually been able to read many comics or, or play any video games recently because I'm starting a doctor of ministry program. Uh, and so that I have a lot to read for that. I have some papers that I uh, haven't started yet, but need to. So I don't have a, much, much time for, for fun stuff. But in the midst of that, I, I did uh, the, the comic book series Saga has started back up. Uh, this is a series by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples that is you know critically acclaimed and, and loved. It was on hiatus for a couple, two or three years. And it's finally back, so I've been able to read a couple of those. So that's that's really exciting. And I've actually got posts on that on my Instagram. If you want to learn about Saga, um, content warning for pretty much everything in it. So it's it's a series. It's comic books, but it's not for kids. But it is very good. So that wraps up our conversation here. Thanks again, Luke. It's good to talk to yeah. you again about Star Wars and, and about anything. And uh, we'll see you next time. May the Force be with you. And also with you. Well, thank you for joining us today and for listening, and I hope you had a lot of fun, but I think we should get serious for just a second. If you were blessed by today's conversation, how can you go and bless someone else by spreading the word about pop culture pastor? You have loved ones. If they haven't heard this good word, they need to hear it. Don't you believe that? Are you really going to let them live another day? without hearing this podcast, so subscribe, give us five stars, review, share, whatever you can do. <laughs> whatever you do, thank you for joining us. You can find me on Instagram at Pop Culture Pastor or on Facebook. Search for Pop Culture Pastor there as well. Our theme song is Be Thou My Vision from the 8-Bit Hymnal by Mr. Tyler Larson. This podcast is edited and produced by me. You're dismissed. Go in peace. <laughs>